Amen. Uh, a couple announcements, uh, and I will end on a uh, praise report there. First announcement, uh, members and frequent flyers, uh, uh, we would like to ask you to, going forward, to park along the cemetery and not to park along um, the building here. Uh, Amory had to walk from way out in Westfield today and she's pregnant, so we want expected mothers and seniors and visitors to be able to park and handicapped to be able to park along uh, this side of the building. So uh, that includes uh, Pat, so if she wants to park on that side or this side, she should be able to have a parking space. So let's make sure uh, that people that can't walk as far or, and our visitors are able to uh, access the sanctuary a little bit easier. Uh, so uh, that includes me too, so you'll see my truck. So when you come in the morning, park beyond my truck. That's what you need to park beyond the truck. If you're on this side of the truck, you're in the wrong, wrong spot. So there's that. Uh, the other thing, oh, it's, it's escaping me right now, uh, but I do want to, uh, oh, shirts, because this is not in the announcements for Marcus. If you haven't picked up your pride shirt, uh, David uh, has uh, them with him today, and you can get those from him. Uh, we'll meet up next Friday here and have a, a balloon blow-up party and pizza party, and you'll hear more about that in the announcements. And a big, big congratulations to Reverend Mona, who is starting as a chaplain. Um, um, she'll be working up in Montgomery County, right? Okay, that's, that's huh? Praise God. Praise God, that's right. That's, that's very right. Um, maybe we know who might be somehow kind of your boss soon in the future, too, so uh, we'll see about that. He's sitting behind you, by the way. <laughs> That's not an endorsement, because we can't endorse. But Jay is running for Montgomery County judge. Uh, yep, I think that's it. All right, let's get started. Let us pray. Most holy and mighty God, as you nourish the earth with your rain, we pray that you will nourish us in this place. Weave my hand to the gospel plow and tie my tongue to truth. Allow us to hear from you, the still speaking God, in our midst. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, the gospel that uh, Mona read uh, earlier uh, is, a is a gospel, it's a scripture about expecting the un expected. In that story, Jesus is telling, talking about this parable of the mustard seed and also giving the parable of the kingdom of God. And when he tells this parable, he talks about this mustard seed that actually grows up to become a bush or a shrub. So let me give you a little bit a Bible lesson Bible study, because I know all y'all ain't making it to Wednesday night, so I will catch you up, and some of you have heard me say this before. This might be a shock to you, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are actually out of order in the Bible. The first gospel is actually Mark. Mark was written about 30-something years after the death of, of Christ. John was written some almost 90 years after the death of Christ. So from the death of Christ, 
two are the resurrection of Christ, two the writing of Mark, there's about a 30-year time gap in which all these stories were told. Mark is the first gospel. Matthew and Luke use Mark as a source. They take pieces from Mark that they want, and sometimes they change up what the story is like to make their point for their audience and for their context. The Gospel of John is not a synoptic gospel. It is out there on its own all by itself. It didn't use Mark as a source. Matthew and Luke use Mark and another writing that we call QL or Q. That is another source. So Mark is the first gospel. Mark is very, very brief with things. Mark is not concerned with the genealogy of Jesus. Mark is not really concerned with even the resurrection because at the end it just says they ran off afraid. Somebody later, years later, came in and added an end to Mark. Okay? So Mark is short, brief, and to the point. Now, Matthew and Luke, when they talk about the mustard seed, they say that the mustard seed grows up to be a tree. Because a tree is strong and it's sturdy and it's nice, a tree. But Mark says this mustard seed actually grows up to be a bush, a shrub. And if you ever look at a picture of a mustard seed bush, it ain't pretty. It ain't cute. It ain't something to be expecting. And it's wild. Now here's what's interesting. The mustard seed is a very, very small, small seed. And it grows up to be this wild bush, this unexpectedly wild bush that grows out of control. And this wild bush that grows out of control attracts birds and all kinds of other creatures that you may not want in your yard because of this mustard bush. Here's what's interesting about that. That parable about the mustard seed comes after Jesus is trying to give a description about the kingdom of God. In the Gospel of Mark, what Jesus is saying is that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed bush. Wild, unexpected, growing in places you don't want it to grow and attracting all kinds of things you don't want it to attract. That's the mustard seed bush. Matthew and Luke try to make it pretty and say, it's a tree. But Mark says, no, no, no. Let me tell you, it's a bush. Wild and unexpected and attracting things that you don't want attracted to it. Jesus says in the Gospel of Mark, that is what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a little seed that is planted in unexpected places that grows up to be a big, annoying bush attracting things that you don't want it to attract. That is what a mustard seed, that is what the kingdom of God is like. Now, what is interesting to me is that as we think about this mustard seed bush and then we take what Jim so beautifully read and acted out for us about David, we once again see that God is working on doing the unexpected 
to fulfill our expectations. So that we need to be expecting the actual unexpected. Here it is in Samuel. Saul has been king. Now, rewind a little bit in Samuel. The Israelites were like, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king, give us a king. And God is like, you don't want a king. And the prophet's like, no, I'm telling you, if you get a king, he's going to rule over you, he's going to beat you down, he's going to take your money, he's going to do all of this, you don't want a king. And the people are like, no, 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 give us a king, give us a king, give us a king. So God says, poof, there you go, there's your king. So Saul actually does everything that the prophet said he's going to do, take the money, rule over you, be a tyrant, blah, 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 blah. So up needs to come a new king. So Samuel is the prophet to anoint the new king. So God sends Samuel out to Jesse, goes out to Jesse's place, and they're looking to anoint a new king. So Jesse is like, oh, I know, it's got to be my firstborn. So he parades his firstborn out there, and then he parades the secondborn out there. And what was it? Eliab and uh, Jim, I call him Adab because I couldn't pronounce the name. So we just go call him Adab. And Shama, he parades all of them out there. And God says, no, 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 none of them, not one of them. Do you have another son? So Jesse says, yeah, I have another son. But he's out there tending sheep. Now, I don't know about you. Do you want a king that used to tend sheep? Do you want a king that used to work out in the cotton field? Do you want a king that don't have a degree or a diploma or that hasn't met all the expectations that we think a king should have? No. We're not looking for that. This, God says, no, bring me that one out of the field. And so once again, God uses the unexpected to fulfill the people's expectation. A shepherd boy tending the sheep out in the field. Apparently, the scripture says he was good looking, but that is what God uses to meet the people's expectation. Not what they thought they should get, not a beautiful tree or a, be a big mustard seed bush, a shepherd boy also to become the king. So God is up to doing the unexpected to meet our expectations. And you may be asking, what on earth does this have to do with Father's Day? I'll tell you. Cleve made a great post this week where in it, I screenshot it, I didn't bring my phone up here, but I'm, I'm going to try to paraphrase, and Cleve, you can correct me if, if I'm wrong. But he talked about people that were shouting down Father's Day and talking about deadbeat dads and trying to take away the power of Father's Day for people who are our fathers. Now, all of us, have experienced different father types of relationships. Some of them good, some of them bad, some of them so-so yeah, in the middle somewhere. We've experienced different types of relationships. But even through all of those relationships, in some way or another, just like when I spoke on Mother's Day, God has met our expectations and filled those needs through somebody somewhere. And also, to Cleve's point, on a day like this, 
where we could take a sermon like this in many different directions, we celebrate fathers because somewhere, somebody did have a father that looked after them. Somebody, somewhere did have a loving relationship with their father. And they should be celebrated and not denied because so many other people didn't have a good relationship with their father. God is up to doing the unexpected. I have had some great conversations with some new parents in this, con in this congregation, and they're all uh, fathers, and they need to be celebrated. We should wish them a happy Father's Day. And so I do wish you all a happy Father's Day. I also wish the people a happy Father's Day who are standing in for fathers in some way. I do wish the people a happy Father's Day who have stepped in and fulfilled the father's role when there was no father to be, no father's role to, or person to fill that role as father in their life. You are all to be commended and to be celebrated. The thing is, is God is doing the unexpected to meet the expectations and the needs of God's people. Somewhere, somehow, God has fathered and loved you and so also deserves a happy Father's Day. Just like somewhere, somehow, God stepped in and mothered you and deserved a happy Mother's Day. It is to be celebrated and commended within the community. And when we think about family, mothers and fathers and loving and caring for people, I want to say that we can raise up more fathers in this congregation. We can raise up more mothers in this congregation that will love and care for children that need it. And that is why in the fall we are going to have an adoption workshop and seminar. And we're going to talk about how we as a church can get involved in meeting the expectation of children who are not expecting that anybody would love them. They are sitting there waiting for a father and waiting for a mother. But God says, expect the unexpected. We are raising up some people at Cathedral of Hope Houston. We are raising up people in the community to come and love you and care for you and take support for you. That is what God is doing to meet the expectation of all of these kids that need loving, wonderful homes. God is doing the unexpected. Don't forget about the mustard seed bush. That's like the kingdom of God. Don't forget about David, the unexpected king. That too is like the kingdom of God, moving and working and doing the unexpected in our lives. I know we have all been rocked by the news over the last couple of weeks. And I will be very clear, the United Church of Christ does not support separating children from their parents under no circumstances. I also want to be clear 
on another point as well, too. This is not about who did it and why and who wrote the policy and why. What this is about is what is God saying right now? What is God expecting of us to do that is unexpected right now that unites these families and bring these fathers and mothers back together? There is a larger issue that is at foot here. Parents do what they can for their children. And these people at risk of being deported and at risk of being separated from their children, knowing the risk, they still struck out to try to make a better life for their children. Nobody wants to be separated from their children. Nobody wants to be poor. Nobody wants to be in situations where they cannot excel for their family. And so nobody in their right mind would even march into a situation like our border, but they wanted something better for their children and for their families. And so it's not just about them being separated. It's about what is God calling us to do? God is calling us to build the kingdom of God. And what that means is unexpected. What is the unexpected thing that God is calling us to do today? Amen.